get my nom 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 on with the my top chicks and we will eat on eat on the weekly dish Hello, this is Stephanie Hansen. Hey, this is Stephanie March. And we are here with the Weekly Dish Second Helpings podcast, and we have a special guest today. We're here with Richie Mann from Sitka Salmon. How you hey, doing, Richie? Yes, I'm doing good. Good. I'm doing good. Good. It's great to have you here on the podcast. And we had a lot of people that had questions about you when you were on on the Weekly Dish That's about good to hear sustainable seafood and kind of what that's like and what it is and people were just like they wanted to know more so we thought we'd invite you back thanks yeah it seems like there was a lot of you know thoughts about you know where salmon comes from and the difference between farmed and wild caught and what that really means and so i think that that's one of the things that i had to actually learn as a consumer do you want to talk a little bit more about the differences yeah absolutely and they're really stark differences right as i'm sure you're probably doing your research it's like these are very different things in you know so this is a funny thing in the u.s we control more waters than any other country because we're so coastal everything we control um it's, it's large it's big volume but we import like 80% of our seafood. And so this weird connection or lack of connection actually. Yeah. And then of that imported 80%. food, 80%, sometimes more. Huh. And that's that's from Paul Greenberg, the the famous journalist, yeah. investigative journalist, um, many books on, on fisheries from him. Anyway, and of that like 80% of imported, most of it is farmed. And then we're exporting, everything we're exporting is mostly wild. So somebody in other countries, China, Japan, Norway are getting the benefits of all these wild caught fish, the omega threes, all right. the, all that great stuff. So um, when we're talking about farmed fish, we're really talking about um, needing to be really specific where you're finding your farm fish. There are polycultural farms out there which are good. What is that? So that is when you're actually taking and recycling the the water, the feces from the fish, and make growing like microgreens or some yeah. sort of vegetation. Like the tilapia farm, yeah, yeah. like aquaponics, right? Yes, exactly, yes. just like that. Um, and so, and there's actually one up in Superior, Wisconsin, called Superior Fresh that does this. Um, and you know, in terms of farm fish, good. My overall opinion on farm fish is this give it another 10 years okay give it another 10 years let the regulations organic regulations catch up to um to the huge influx of farm fish and then overall the next thing is if you're going to buy farm fish avoid salmon altogether salmon is a open ocean predator it travels long distances it does not do well in cages in farm whether it be open pen in the ocean or closed systems off the shore either way salmon is not a farm fish to eat that's an interesting thought because a lot of people feel like if they're eating farmed salmon that they're doing something good right they're they're saving the wild fish that's right right it's this that's really tricky um smart marketing on the farm fish and it's not true at all actually look at the inverse of it the the more money you put towards your wild caught fish you know every every two cents of that dollar i don't know what the actual figure is goes towards the conservation of these fish in in alaska the regulations the the fish and wildlife game um all these components that need to regulate that money goes to them to to control those fisheries and make sure they're healthy so buy wild caught as much as you can you're supporting you're not you're not taking away there's plenty of wild fish okay let's just can we just talk about joanne from apple valley okay she's in the grocery store yes and there is wild caught fish 
what are the other monikers and what is it yeah. that we want to get and what, what do we to want to for. avoid? I know it's, 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 it's tricky. Um, what you're going to be looking for, and it's happening a little bit in some specialty stores. Some of the best co-ops are holding some of these things called line cot labeling, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. you see it once in a while. It's not very common. Really, you want to ask the question to your fishmonger, whoever's behind the counter. Hey, where did this come from and how it was caught? These are higher level questions that are happening more and more. So wild caught always better, and it will say wild caught. But a majority of wild caught, unfortunately, is trawled. And trawling, as you might know, is big nets. We talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. There's good trawling. There's bad trawling. It's more about the operator, the fisherman behind that trawling net. Um, but trawling in general is ninety percent, eighty percent, maybe something like that of wild caught fish you see in a grocery store is going to be trawled. So unless it says line caught underneath it or pull caught, then it is not. And um, line caught pull cut is what we do is sick of salmon shares it's the really the true sustainability um the true way to trace your fish as well um the bycatch so, is limited by gosh 99 90 sometimes yeah, so yeah and when you're talking about bycatch you're talking about they net in you yeah. know they get in all these other fish and then you they're not using them yep. and so it's correct. just a waste correct so line caught pull caught wild yep that's ideal mm-hmm. second ideal it's just wild Yep. Because it's better than... Yep. And then we want to avoid salmon at all costs if it's farmed unless it's line or wild? Yes. Yes. And then in terms of farmed salmon, just like I said, give it another 10 years. Like we are... There are sustainable fisheries out there that are doing um, farmed fish, but it's just not happening with salmon. There are some other species that do well, um, a little better. But yeah, I mean, if you're talking about, you can open this up now beyond species. You're talking about community, local. How do you support these families that are fishing in Alaska? That is really equal or even more important than where you yeah. get what kind of fish you're getting is you're yeah. supporting local and locals this funny thing it's really it's it moves around local really just means values where the values are right i think so and i think that that's something that you know we're here in minnesota and we're landlocked yeah so we don't it's hard for us to say local fishermen yeah. and we don't think about it because we don't have them right but i think it's the same thing as if you think about it as the as the fishermen are like farmers and yeah. for us you know we talk about our farmers and we learn about how they grow things and we're and we understand that there's different they want they only want to create a business for themselves, which means they have to caretake the land or the waters yeah. in Steward. order to have a continual life yep. you know, for their family. Yep. So that's one of those things I think that if we think about those smaller businesses, their fishermen are just small businessmen who are more apt to care about it than some giant corporation. Absolutely. And we bring in, right now we have 40 fishermen, fisher families that work with us and for us. And... And because of what we do, and we, because we are at the scale, we're the largest CSF now in the nation. Um, back up a second. Mm-hmm. So we're talking to Richie Mann from Sitka Salmon. What is a CSF? Yeah, what's a CSF? It's like a CSA for wild-caught tasty fish. Mm-hmm. It's super, it's it's the same concept. You buy into a program, you buy a certain amount of share. Up front, that money goes to your fishermen right. to help them start the season, get their costs taken care of. They have, it's just, it, it mitigates risk for them. And right? you know your fishermen. And you know your fishermen. When you get your box, I brought some fish for you guys. If say in that box, the fishing vessel and the fisherman or fisherwoman that caught it. 
and when incredible. we talk that's about cool. it's super cool because you actually get yeah. it, then you can go see their faces you learn about who they are well yeah. and I think even more so again to that fact that we don't know fishermen like I love the CSA boxes and I love to learn about my farmers but I've kind of got like my farmers are in my pocket now you know right. what I mean like I know all the farmers that I, yeah. I'm not saying that I want to know but I'm you know I've, I'm there I know no, it you, it you in, know what yeah. I don't know fishermen yeah. like because fisher families I don't know them locked. yeah exactly so I would love to yeah. and I think too part of this is like when you get a CSA for vegetables, like you get a wide variety of vegetables, yeah. right? And maybe you haven't had kohlrabi before, but you learn so what good. to do with it yeah. or garlic scapes or whatever's in your box. I think we tend to, when we're buying fish, we just sort of go to what we know. Yeah. And what I loved about the fish that you brought last time, you brought me some um, bass Yeah, that I wouldn't have thought I could have eaten bass because in Minnesota, if you get it in the wrong part of the season, it's mushy and wormy. Yep. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And it was so delicious. Like it was noticeably different, fresher tasting. Yeah. And like, that's what plays. I mean, that exact experience that you had, all of our members are having to like lingcod. Haven't had it before. Yeah. Let's try it. Oh, my God. It's amazing. We do 21 different varieties of fish. And so that makes us sustainable in this beautiful, holistic way that we can rotate our fishing grounds around. And let's target rockfish right now which is a black bass is a rockfish high highly sustainable and we can then if our if our albacore tuna fisheries or our halibut are a little low that month or during that season we can take the pressure off of that we don't have to target and push and push and push until fisheries collapse we move our grounds around and we expose people to different species of fish that are just as delicious yeah just as tasty is there issues with climate change in terms of fishing and what you do definitely it's something we monitor on a weekly monthly basis we have um, um, some chief officers in place in our company that are monitoring these things for us um, up in Anchorage. Um, Kelly is one of our is one of our chief officers, and and yeah, you know, it's funny. You know, when you look at some of the species like king salmon. This is a this is a 21st century fish. This is a 20th century fish. This is going to not be around probably for my grandchildren or my great grandchildren. Really? Yeah, you know, and that's just sort of the way species and the planet and the ocean go but there are if as long as we're managing as a whole other species are going to come in keta salmon uh, coho salmon these are very strong fisheries they're going to come in and take their place um it, it's sad to see some of these popular fisheries probably disappear in the next 50 to 100 years but yeah so global warming is a big part of that ocean currents there's a thing called the blob um maybe What's that's for the another blob? show the blob do you the know blob. The blob? i've read about it's the blob. super scary but yeah. it's yeah is um, this the plastic no it's not the plastic it's a big giant um, area of warmer water yeah. and so four years ago um this was really prevalent it was a combination of um greenhouse gas and then l- Poor ocean current movement and um, and then the um, oscillation, decadal oscillation of the Pacific Ocean, which is like a, every 10 years the ocean warms slightly. But these three things happened together yeah. at the same time and made this large body of water that was really warm. And that affected salmon um, spawning and population. So our return of sockeye last year was really poor. Yeah. Because three years, four years prior, these fish had entered the ocean during this blob moment and it reduced. So they're all, it's like, it's so funny. There's all this ebb and flow constantly in the ocean and we have to just ride it. And that's, that's what being a member of community is about is like understanding that the oceans change and we have to take what we get Mm -hmm. and try to give back more than we take. And that's what we pride ourselves on is that concept. So when I'm a member of a, of your farm share. Yeah. Your farmed fish share. No, not farmed fish share. Oh, sorry. I'm it's saying okay. it wrong. 
farm share yeah. of wild <laughs> pole share. or fishery lime yeah. cotton. Fishery, fishery share. share. Yeah. Fishery is easier, yeah. Because yeah. I want to make sure I use the right terminology. Right. I'm I'm going to get what because you have different packages. Yeah, we have different. We have about four different packages right now. We're towards the end of the season. Um, we're wrapping up our enrollment for 2019, September 22nd. So we just have two shares right now. Normally four, but this is a really fun time to jump in because they're shorter shares. It's a nice way. It's only three month shares right now. There's two of them. Price points are different. Um, and it's a good time to kind of like, see, this makes sense for my family. Yeah. But yeah, so each one's a little different. There's premium shares. There's kind of entry-level shares that are set at $99 a month. And that's about five pounds of fish. And there's a variety. Every month is a little different because we fish seasonally. So it's salmon. It's whitefish. It's all these different 21 species that we talked about. So. And then do you get do you help people with like recipes and things like that yeah, too? Yeah, and you guys in your box, you'll have okay. a bunch of recipes. I have two for each of you. They're going to help people cook. Because I think that that, especially here locally, we have, even though, you know, we have so many lakes around us, yeah. and we know how to maybe do right. a shore lunch. I think people get intimidated it by is. some of the, they I still am. do. Yeah. It's funny, mm-hmm. like these big giant ocean fish. I do too. Yeah. And then yeah. they and don't, I'm a good they, cook. and they're terrified yeah. of overcooking them or right. they're terrified of like what they're supposed to do with them. So right. I feel like right. that's a huge help. It is. And it, you you can trust and be assured that everything we do is sashimi gray, so you can eat it my, raw or just, you know, medium rare. That's the way I do it too. Especially I'd rather my just salmon. bite into the fish, I, I think. Usually thought first, though. Yeah. 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 That's a good idea. Yeah, no, the, the recipes are huge. It's really important um, to, to know what you're doing. And again, one of the things that I think someone asked us this before are all fish frozen that you get. Yes, everything yes. is blast frozen. The way we take care of it is on this level of artisanship. And so we blast freeze down to negative 50 in our commercial custom built freezer that happens within 30 minutes. So this is really important. Our fish is frozen within 30 minutes. So the moment we fillet it and pop it in that freezer, it takes 30 minutes to freeze it. That means that when you thaw it, the ice crystals are almost zero. So when you thaw meat, ice crystals yeah. puncture cells, release water, makes it mushy, makes it fishy. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that problem because of the way we take care of our fish. Because so wow. it's all blast super, frozen. Super blast. I mean, yeah. it's there. we do taste tests every year. There's never anybody really that can say, this was frozen, this was caught today. Our fish. Anyway. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really, really. And we put a lot of time and effort over the last eight years to make that artisanship quality. Yeah. What's your favorite yeah. way to cook fish? Yeah. It's, I treat it Is like it a just sti- eating, you I, eat I, it raw? I, so when I get most of my salmon, yeah, I, I do sushi. Uh, my my daughter and I, and my wife doesn't like sushi as much, but we do it raw. And then if we're not doing that, then I keep it so simple. I pan fry, so I'll salt it. Um, let it soak in for about 15 minutes and then I just baste with butter like if it's salmon um, or even like black bass I'll just put it in pan fry it skin side down baste with butter pull it off and Yum. then it's in, yeah it's the easiest best way to do it the worst thing is I mean and my kid is like every time when we get salmon or we get some you know big, I've been loving arctic char a lot because oh, the yeah. fat mm-hmm. you know is yeah. really high totally. and so you can it's really soft so if you do accidentally get close to overcooking it you usually still have a lot of good fat content yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but for me there's nothing worse than an overcooked piece of fish because it just ruins it completely and i get very sad and a lot of people say i don't like salmon because they are getting sockeye number one which is already really dry and then they're overcooking it or like and some restaurant you know that maybe one time did it well but then or then they ate it again and it was horrible right and then they go this is just bad fish right like it's not always bad fish it's the prep it's the you know it's the way that it's done absolutely there's a lot of things yeah just like anything else so what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about fish 
I think the biggest misconceptions, one we touched on, is that uh, people are intimidated to cook it, especially in the Midwest or landlocked states. They're like, ah, I don't know. And then I think there's such a um, a push towards beef and land proteins that people just don't have it in their diet. Um, and so the misconception, yeah, I think it's that it's it's too hard to cook and it's too expensive, um, one. But really, if you're going to buy New York Strip um, or even like a medium cut piece of beef, we're in that same price range. Like our price per pound for most of our fish starts at about 17. It goes up to $25 a pound. That's what you're paying That's for good beef. That's about what beef is for yeah. sure. Exactly. But Lamb too. You don't, the thing is, you don't know much about, well- Hopefully you do. You're buying your beef from a place that is, uh, is is trusted. But yeah, we have that traceability where you know exactly where it's coming from. And so you're paying a, a, a premium, but actually a pretty reasonable price. I think the idea is eat eat uh, more good protein less often. Um, so yeah, back to the misconception. I think it's the price. I think it's um, the cooking preparation. And I think it's just we don't know our fishermen yeah. And we don't have, and if you're yeah. really locally based, your value based customer, you're looking for things that matter and affect your community. You don't always have the immediate access to it, but you do now. Like we've been doing this for eight years, and we we ship nationwide, and um, and you can finally know who your fisherman is. It's really it's incredible. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Are you a fisher person yourself? I lived in Alaska for many years. I fished in skiffs and off the shore, but I never was on a commercial fishing boat um, to do that. Yeah. And are there women on fishing boats? Absolutely, now? we have lots of women on our fishing boats. We have lots of um, families that are out on the boats together, yeah. men and women with their kids, and yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's so fun. Um, in the twenty-one different species of fish that are in your box, yeah, what is one that we've probably not heard of? Yeah, that's such a good question. I would say black cod. And um, lingcod, lingcod is is really it's they call it poor man's halibut, yep. and I actually prefer it over halibut. I actually really mm-hmm. love lingcod. It's incredible. I spent years with uh, a couple years at the Ocean Air Seafood Room. In oh, the, seriously? Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Way back days when it was first just starting. Sure. And we, I remember the first time I had lingcod, and I was like, "What is what up? Is what is this? this? Is so good! I know, I know." And yellow eye is another incredible fish. It's a rock fish. It's one of our first um, fishers that open for the season. Yellow eye, yellow I've never eye. Heard it's of incredible. That. It's a really old. It can about 120 years old sometimes I think something like that don't quote me yeah 100 or so that's a long it's super time old fish and it's incredibly tasty it's premium rockfish um, so that's something we offer to um, dungy crab spot prawns hands down like drop the mic spot prawns are incredible if you've never had them before they're small about medium size super um, sweet and yeah. they're really easy to prepare and so prawns you can get in your box absolutely too. Yep. yep and prawn is just another name for shrimp shrimp yep is a shrimp and a prawn the exact same thing, or are they a little bit different? They're a little different. Maybe you know more about that than I do. It's so. a little bit. It's you know, it's like the classifications. You know, langoustine. You know, right. it's, sure. There's shellfish, and then there's all these different classified. You know, yep. the the, the um, what do I want to say? The names, the Latin names for them. You know, that's yeah. it's it. like that's like yeah. a salmon and a trout are in the same family as well. Right. So there's all these sort of families that right. kind of go. And the spot prawn's more like um like a lobster yeah, it's, flavor it's, yeah. in, t- in texture, yeah, it's bigger, I would say. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely better. Like yeah. so and yeah, like tiger prawn, spot right. prawns, yeah. like, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Black yeah. shrimp, all of it. When you're in the Twin Cities, is there somewhere that you, if you're, do you probably do you go out and eat fish or because you have yeah, it all like, the time, do you go out yeah. for steak? Yeah. Are you like, I'm getting a steak tonight? <laughs> I see if my directors and president are listening to this. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, you know, I don't eat a lot of fish out. I don't eat a lot of meat out, actually. I just kind of do that in, in-house at our own house. We cook so much. I've been cooking since I was, you know, nine or ten. So I kind of, yeah, 
Um, I think, yeah, Octobar is cool. Oh, yeah, they do a great on. job, mm-hmm. yep. Octo Fish Bar. Do yep. you guys work with restaurants, or are you just consumer? We we have some select chefs. So we uh, we work with Yia Vang. Um, we just interviewed we just him. Did you really? Yeah, yeah we saw him yeah. out at the State Fair. Awesome. Yeah. He's fantastic. We're going to put some dinners together this fall and into the spring. Uh, Koshiki Smith, um, we work with as well, um, the very well-known Japanese chef um, here in the cities. Um, but we don't do a lot of restaurants because it's – we focus on our customers and yeah. we don't do a lot of wholesale because we, our story is so important to us that it gets lost when you start putting in more I people. I can imagine. Yeah. Well, you take one step off. Then. Right. You know what I mean? If you, yeah. For sure you can, you know, and then but then you don't get it on the plate and you don't get the person eating right. it to know. Right, right. So when we do work with chefs or restaurants, we're there. We're trying to make a um, uh, like a fully immersive experience for our for the people that are dining so that I'm there, someone like a fisherman's there, we're talking about the fish, the chef's talking about the fish, um, that story's being told. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go to the fish counter at yep. my store because I went through your fish really fast last time and it didn't <laughs> last me very long because I ate it all up. Are there questions you want me to ask my fishmonger to be a more sustainable, yeah. responsible person who buys fish? Thanks for asking that question. That's a great question. And we kind of talked about it right away. I think it's the biggest questions you can ask are, um, hey, John, where did this come from? Um, how long has it been out of the water? Uh, has it been frozen? And it's okay if it's frozen. Yeah. It should yeah. be frozen. Yeah. But was it frozen and then frozen again? Thought yeah. it frozen. Because that's, that's a that's problem. That's the scary part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how it was caught. Um, and I would say, you know, and I worked at some co-ops in the past behind the meat and seafood counter. And I would say 90% of your run-of-the-mill fishmonger meat guy is not going to be able to answer that question very well. But he can find the answer, I guarantee you. So the next time you come back, he should have the answer for you if he's worth his, his gold. Um yeah, it's it's how it was caught and where it was caught and how it was taken care of. Um, so line caught, and then you want that fish to be frozen within um, no more than three days of being caught. There's a cellular breakdown that happens at day three of your fish. That is when it starts to turn mushy, and then at day five it happens again, and then at day eight it should not be okay, eating anymore. Okay, can we just talk about that for a second? Because I'm not a huge fisher person, but yeah. I have fished. Yeah. We're talking day three, day five, and day eight – that's how long some of these fish in traditional yeah. settings are when you're, lasting. When you're buying your some of your fish, I won't, I cannot speak to everybody, but I, I know from some personal experience that our fish has been sitting behind the, not our fish, but the fish people I worked for in the past, um, co-ops and, and grocery stores, their fish had been sitting in the counter um, on ice maybe maybe eight to 10 days sometimes before it actually gets to your plate. Um, and oh. that's and, and now you're combining time out of the water that's being spent on a tender uh-huh. and then in a processing plant. And then on a barge or freight, however you get down here, and then in the case, blah 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 blah. I'm so, shocked that it's, it's that gross. long, it's super and you gross. think it's fresh because it looks good in right. the case, like right. it looks cold and right. icy. Right. And I think the hard part is knowing, like, and and again, it's the people who you shop for something that you're going to eat. You don't people don't shop for something they're going to eat that night. You know, they right. don't think about it like that. We're they, not a lot European in that way. Well, I think there's a lot more of that. Um, but it is a thing. That's the harder part, too, is when you think, oh, well, I'll buy this salmon, and then I'm going to eat it. We're going to have people over On this Friday, weekend. Friday, it'll be fun, yeah. And then by the time you unwrap it, you're, the smell is evident. Yeah, you know, I know. You know. Yeah, and that's Especially why Blast it's, Frozen, it's so important. Yeah. And it's not something to shy away from. Like, maybe 15 years ago, not so much, but technology has caught up. And Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, so that, that when we take our care of our fish, our fish is um, immediately um, bled. Um, gills are popped, it's bled, and then it's pressure bled as well. So that's taking 
taking the saline fluid and pumping it through the blood mm-hmm. of the ventricles. So that pushes out the blood, which is the number one deteriorator of fish, of protein. That's taken out within hours of being caught. And then it's packed on ice, put in our holders, and then brought back to our own processing plant that we own and operate and control within um, two days, never more than three days. And then it's blast frozen. So if you're getting a fish that is not up to that standard, you may be jeopardizing the quality of it. Right. Having your own processing plant, too, has got to be a big benefit was, to what you do because yeah. how could, I mean, you take all this you care lose. to get these fish yeah. and then you turn them over to processors Absolutely. that you don't know how they're processing It all them. gets lost. And, and that's why we can be 100% traceable because we, we can trace it all the way through the process. Four steps, really easy. And um, and not everybody can do that. And um, we're really privileged that we were able to, to do that four years ago. We bought a and we remodeled the whole thing and we're just really in a good position. So yeah. how many people are up at your processing plant and fishing for you? Like how many yeah. people does your company employ now? We have um, seasonally probably up to 80 to 90 in this, like maybe even a hundred in the, the top, top season. And then about 35 full time through the whole year. Um, so it's still reasonably small absolutely. in terms of small absolutely. business, yep. but you said you're the number one s- I'm going to call it the wrong thing. CFA. Community Supported Fishery. CSF. CSF. Yep. Yep. But you're still the largest in the country. Correct. Right. And all oh, that's Are there other people yeah, doing Yeah, and we'll always stay small. Like we're never going to be that, you know, conglomerate. We sure. have goals that we want to get to and we know that the fit oceans can support that, but you know, we'll always be this. And are yeah. you like the Minnesota guy? Or I mean like I'm is the it, Minnesota guy. Is there yeah. like and so there are there guys like you all over in every state kind of um, thing? Um just in the Midwest. I have a counterpart in Wisconsin and Madison and then out in Chicago as well. And then I mean we're in Indianapolis and and um and a couple other places, but um Why is yeah. the Midwest unique and that you have people is it cuz we eat more fish generally? I th- you know it's an interesting question. We our origins come from Galesburg, Illinois. Um our president was a was a um professor of food uh, chain supply and history and environmental studies, basically in a little liberal arts, liberal arts college called Knox College. Knox College. In Knox College. Oh, that's where my artists. daughter was. Are you serious? Was, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. She didn't go there, but okay. she almost went there. Well, she thought about it. I understand. <laughs> yeah, and so that's where we started. That's where we originated from, and we just kept our roots because I think the mentality, the values of the Midwest are very similar Farmers to Alaska. And Farmers yeah. and fishermen. I lived in Alaska for a long time. I live in Minnesota my whole life as well, and there are so many parallels between the the cultures and the people and mm-hmm. what they value and what they're what's important to them, um, especially around food. And so we wanted to keep it here. Well, I think also, I mean, what we're talking about is getting this fresh stuff sent to you to your house so that you don't yeah, ha- and you don't have to do anything. you know on the coast maybe they have different kinds of accesses mm-hmm. and they have different relationships with fish and fishermen and all the rest but here we don't and that's why we need them mm-hmm. in a weird way to give us that access to those people and we and we do hand delivery too like we have a team that we deploy in each of our each of our hubs in the midwest that will bring our your fish right to your door in a bag and some if you're outside the zone we do fedex you know there's not extra charge for that but we try to keep true to that that personal touch from beginning to end so, so you could someone be delivering that, of, my salmon absolutely <laughs> actually i'm doing deliveries tomorrow i'm filling in a little bit so yeah uh, yeah it is it's it's we are touching that fish the whole time it's, it's almost like just we want to hold on to it as much as we can until we yeah. physically hand it to you because that is that's what's lacking, I think, in the food industry is that that personal. Ten, yeah. 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 And it's like you're our own personal fisher person. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So last time you were on our radio show, Weekly Dish, you had an offer. Do you have an offer uh, we have for an people offer that again. are listening to the A podcast? different promo code, same um, same sort of price point. So we're going to do $50 off. And like I said, this is the last chance you can enroll. It's 2019 shares and September 22nd. So about a month now, oh, less okay. than a month. Yeah. Um, there's two shares available. Um, one's a premium share and one's a sampler share. Different price points. 
$99 for the sampler and then $129 a month for the premium. Um, you can explore what the different species are, but it's $50 off. The promo code is DISHFISH, DISHFISH50. DISH50. <laughs> I know. It's easy for you to like, say. Dish, dish, fish, fish, fish 50. 50. Dish it. first, fish second, and then 50. Okay. And apply that at uh, checkout, and you will get 50 bucks off your first month share. And then um, and then if you're in a, if you're a, a member, we're going to open up our 2020 shares starting in October. And you, you'll be alerted, hey, you know, you're still in your share, but do you want to do um, a share for 2020? You'll get a really deep discount as a member. Um, I don't know what that is. We always change it around, but it's a deep discount. And so anyway, it's a nice time to sample. Does it make sense for me? Well, yeah. Eat enough of it. Yeah, I think so. The and freezer life is a year. Cabin. If you guys get your fish, you don't want to eat it today. You have a year to eat it. Really? Yeah, it's a really long freezer life. So that's great because yeah. of the way you process because it. Because the way you process it, absolutely. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. More things in my freezer. Yeah, you yeah. guys have some she keta. Needs to cut hers down. <laughs> yeah, what did you put in our box? You guys got keta salmon, which is really sustainable, beautiful fish, mild mild salmon flavor, um, does well with everything. And then you have some more black bass, which is a rockfish. Oh, I liked it a and lot. And then some lingcod. Oh, there's yeah. link out in there. Oh, and She's recipes so to go with it and everything. Yeah. Oh, God, that's yeah. exciting. All right. Thank you so much for Thank being you, on Steph. our Steph. program. Really cool. Thanks for supporting the podcast and for supporting Weekly Dish. Our dishers are very committed yes. to. And I, they've sent us some pictures Thanks, of their dishers. shares already. Awesome. So it's really Thank fun. you for your yeah, support, They're everyone. trying to do the best they can to be sustainable and also eat well, right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Richie. It's fun. This is a summer to stay connected, locally. From the pandemic to protests to the upcoming election, there is so much information to take in. And on PodMN, you can access hundreds of Minnesota-made podcasts on one app. Current events, health information, political talk. Plus, you'll find podcasts about sports, true crime, and more. PodMN also comes with listener rewards. In July, you can win gift cards to local restaurants, shops, and more just for listening. Download PodMN on your phone's app store or learn more by visiting PodMN.com. Minnesota podcasts live here.